they played a 20 minute secret show at this penthouse in English Bay. So it was right at sunset. They went right to the Commodore after to play their set, but nobody knew they were playing. And when we announced that they were coming on stage, I heard so many gasps and it was really special to be able to create that experience for people. Someone came up to me after and said that they couldn't get tickets to the show and they were so sad. And then they showed up at a sofa and they were playing. Welcome to Off Key, a member on Labs podcast about music professionals for non-music professionals. I'm your host, Linda Arnold. Join me, an industry novice, in conversations with members of Canada's music industry to learn more about their roles and how they first got started in the music business. Doctor says, take those pills, you'll be all right. I know that you will Nothing wrong with darling the edges of too sharp you This week on Offkey I'm chatting with Brittany Ayton, who's the city director of So Far Sounds Vancouver and a member of Grace Note Vancouver Choir. Many of our past guests, including Kirsten Ludwig, David Ward, Blanche Diamond, Haley Blay, and Jasper Sloan Yip, have all played So Far shows in the past, so it was so nice chatting with Britt to learn more about So Far and her role as the city director there. If you enjoy our conversation, please subscribe to Offkey on your favorite listening platform. It really does help. And let's get right into my chat with Britt Ayton. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Maybe I'm off the rails. I grew up in North Van, um, just over the bridge in Lynn Valley. So, but I'm still based in Vancouver, so it's just like a 20 minute drive away. When you, were you like working and stuff in Vancouver? Did you kind of stay in North Van when you were growing up or? I moved over to East Van um, about two years ago, but I was like commuting to downtown from North Van for a couple of years and I worked over there for a while. I went to university in North Van too, so it was all pretty central. What school? CAP. CAP? University. Okay. Yeah. What were you studying? I studied arts and entertainment management, which is like a two-year diploma program. Okay, cool. So you kind of knew that you were interested in getting into like the music industry or at least like arts in some way yeah I was thinking about going to music school and then I didn't want to study jazz or classical music um so I was looking at a school in Toronto that did contemporary music but I didn't want to make that move right out of high school so I took a year off and then I found this program and thought it would be cool to learn the business side um I didn't really know that there was a career path in the business side of the music industry for the longest time so I kind of figured that out along the way um but I knew that I wanted to be involved in the arts but not necessarily like the focus being an artist. When did you first start getting into music or when were you first introduced to music? Was it when you were kind of growing up then or? Yeah, my parents love listening to music and my dad is a huge classic rock fan. So like any Fleetwood Mac or like, we went to lots of concerts growing up and had family road where we listened to a lot of music, but neither of them are actually musicians, which is funny because me and I have three younger brothers and we all, um, studied music and are super into going to shows and really active in the music scene, but it didn't really come from anywhere specific. When did you first start playing music? I, sometime in elementary school, I got involved in like, I started singing like O Canada at the assemblies and things. Um, but more when I was in high school, I started taking voice lessons and I studied um, classical piano all the way through. So I did like all the Royal Conservatory exams 
and I was in the choir program at school, so that was like my main focus in high school, um, and then just like playing and singing at random gigs and open mics and things. So that's how I got into it. It was very like, just kind of grew as a passion during high school, I guess. When you started performing at gigs and things like that, were you also doing classical or were you focusing on different styles and experimenting a little bit more in that sense? Yeah, it was more like singer-songwritery, folk kind of pop. I would just kind of learn songs that I really liked on the piano and sing them and jam out. Um, I really just took classical piano lessons because that's the only thing I could find and I just wanted to teach myself how to play and sing. So I studied classical music, but it was never like my main, like I didn't want to study classical music forever and be a piano teacher, but I wanted to learn the theory of it. So that's the way I went. Have you found that to be pretty helpful in kind of working in the industry now, having that classical background? Yeah, it's really nice to be able to relate to people when they're um, talking about music and to just appreciate it in a new way. So because I know the technical side of it and um, yeah, it was really it's really helpful and to just connect and be able to like give feedback if people are ever asking for it because I kind of know terminology and things. So it's been helpful, but I don't think you need that knowledge to work in the industry. When did you graduate from school? High school. I graduated in 2012, so six years ago, and I graduated university in, I think, 2015, so I've been working for like four years. Did you start working in the industry right after finishing school, or did you kind of like take a bit of a different path for a while? I, well, the program I did was all art, so it was like film and theater and dance and things, so I worked actually at a film production company for the first two years. They were my practicum placement. And then they hired me to work on this new season of a show they were premiering on CBC. So I was just a production coordinator, which is very similar. It's just a lot of organizing and, um, yeah, managing talent. But it was um, actors instead of musicians. So I did that for two years. And I started doing a bit of music licensing for some of their documentaries. So I was doing more the music side of them, the film production company, but still in film. And then I started working at Music BC. Um... I guess it was probably three years ago now and that was like my move into the music industry I just saw the job and was like that's my dream I want to work with like local musicians because that's who I listen to I don't really pay attention to the global music scene too much I'm very locally focused so it was kind of a like a no-brainer that I would apply for it and it um it was funny because I saw it in like five or six places it was like this shining light like oh you definitely should apply for this it got sent to me by like three different people and I saw it in a few newsletters and so I just applied and I started a couple months later. What was the role, sorry, with Music BC? I was a program administration and coordination, so very similar to what I was doing, um, but I administered the travel grant program and I helped with logistics on the export showcasing. Um, They do stuff at like South by Southwest and Australian Music Week and The Great Escape and Reprobon, Canadian Music Week, those type of events, and then local workshops and panels and things as well as a lot of advocacy with the government. So in your role then, were you kind of organizing those things? Were you almost like, I guess, yeah, a project coordinator, a project manager? Like, what does that actually mean for the role in case anyone is, like, interested in pursuing something similar? Yeah, it's it's a lot of admin. So, like, any of the applications that came in for travel grants, we would do, like, they still do, like, four or five deadlines a year. So going through those applications, setting them up for a jury, um, compiling the results, sending out forms once the decisions are made, getting all the final reports and creating reports for the government because it's a lot of 
Um, money's coming from the provincial government through the Amplify BC Fund, um, as well as Factor for federal programming. So a lot of reporting, tracking, communication with artists, um, making sure people know where to go and when, and making connections to have people do panels and coordinating those logistics and things like that. In that role, were you able to, I guess, connect a lot with musicians and things like that? And was that something that you were interested in, as you're saying, because you were focused more in terms of like consuming music on, oops, sorry, I just touched the mic, um, <laughs> on local talent rather than, yeah, like big international like pop stars, say? Yeah, it was cool. I got to meet a lot of people that I always listened to. So to meet them like via email and then in person was really nice. And I, I scouted a lot of talent even for so far that way, like hearing who was releasing new music and going on their first tour or um, doing something on a larger scale. It's a lot of emerging artists that apply for those programs. So I got to discover a lot of music and meet a lot of people that are coming up in music today. And it was a great way to discover what's going on. So today you're working for So Far Vancouver. And for anybody that's listening who doesn't know what So Far is or what you guys do, do you mind just like giving a bit? or like giving a big overview maybe of yeah so far um so so far is actually a global community so i am just the city director for the vancouver chapter um it started in 10 years ago in london by this guy named rafe the whole premise was he was tired of going to gigs um where people were talking over the music and drinking too much um and just not paying attention so he started hosting shows in unique spaces so in a living room in a backyard in um, a coffee shop after hours or Um, anywhere that you wouldn't typically see live music, they would do kind of pop-up secret shows with three different artists, different genres. Um, So people apply to the shows, they get invited, they get the address the day before and show up not knowing where they're going to go really or who's playing and just come kind of wanting to listen to new music and discover something that they wouldn't have found themselves or that they didn't know existed in the city or somebody that's touring through. Um, So it's really like a music discovery platform, but it operates in 430 cities. Oh, wow. So I just plan all the Vancouver shows with the team here. Um, But there's like one in Seattle and Toronto, Portland, L.A., New York, and then in Europe, too. There's even some in like India and South America. So it's really everywhere. Um, It's just a way to like when you're traveling to like discover new neighborhoods in different cities and discover the music they have in those cities. So that's really what so far is. It's a big community where we share music and have like get togethers with people that have hosted or team members and it's really like a collaborative community that puts on shows because we love music. How did you first start working with so far? I discovered it randomly. Um, A friend of a friend was hosting a show um, so she had some extra space on her guest list and just asked us to come to a backyard show and I didn't know that it was so far and I didn't know what it was Um, But I kind of fell in love with it right away because I was in university and I was like, this is amazing. Like, I want to be a part of this. Like, I discovered new music, uh, bands I'd never heard of in Vancouver. And a a friend was playing and there was another friend in the audience. And I was like flabbergasted that I'd never heard of the concept before. Um, So I started volunteering right away. And I volunteered for about six months just doing like helping out at the door or like uh, moving audio equipment and little roles like that. And then I started to get more involved in like venue scouting and artist booking um and I think I became the volunteer city director like two years ago so it was just like a side passion project for a long time that I would do in the evenings or on the weekends and we did about a show or sometimes two shows a month but then in May I got offered to do it full-time so then since May I guess it's month three now I've been doing like eight to 15 shows a month 
So oh, wow. July we have 13 planned and August we have 15. So I'm kind of just steadily adding more shows. Um, so now it's my full-time job, which is great. I always thought it was just like, it was something that I loved and did on the side. So to have a job opportunity come from it was really exciting and I couldn't say no. So I transitioned into it in May. Oh, that's amazing. That's yeah. so nice. Did you start off then like volunteering with them? First? Yeah. So okay. I volunteered for th- like three years before I started working for so far. Right now we have like a team of, I think, 20 people that are kind of volunteer ambassadors that do all the different day of roles and just help like suggest places to host or people that we should be booking. Um, and when they're traveling, they go to see so far as in other cities and connect with their teams. But I do all the kind of like communication and organizing for all the shows behind the scenes now. Were you still at Music BC then when you first like started volunteering and stuff? Or no, you were in university when you first started volunteering with So Far? Uh, yeah, so I started doing So Far, I guess probably I discovered it when I was in university. And then I was doing it the whole time that I worked at Music BC. So it was kind of at the same time. How does somebody, if they're interested in like participating with So Far, or, like joining as like a volunteer, kind of get their foot in the door there? Yeah, you can reach out to me like directly at Vancouver at SoFarSounds.com. There's also an application page on the website. So if you want to like host it, a show or apply to perform or volunteer, there's kind of a form you just fill out and it shoots me a note and then I follow up with everybody that reaches out. I'm also at a lot of the shows. So if there's anyone attending that wants to get involved, they can talk to me or anyone of the team to just kind of hear more about what that looks like and um, get in touch with me for next steps so we can like have a coffee and talk about it and see if it's a viable thing for everyone we've talked about this a little bit but um what does like a typical day look like in your role as a city coordinator or city director rather um it really changes right now i'm just working from home and kind of roaming between coffee shops um so it's a lot of like emails i'll go on a lot of venue scouting meetings so I'll just kind of meet people and walk through their space and talk about so far um, and meet with people that are interested in volunteering with the team Um, just have coffee and chat and see if they'd be a good fit for the team Um, but it's a lot of emails going through all the applications and just communicating like confirmations and advances and figuring artist setups and timing and just just a lot of logistics so I mostly work like business hours but it's really flexible so anytime I'm like traveling I'm kind of working or in the evenings if something comes up or at a show I go to probably like four shows a month so most of my work's during the weekdays. Um, So you said that artists and venues can apply to either like host or perform what are you guys looking for in an artist that applies or a venue that is interested in hosting a show? Venues we're looking for um, somewhere that's between 50 and 150 capacity. So most of our shows are 50 to 100 people attending. It can really be anywhere. Like I have applications from people that want to host in their house or businesses that are looking to kind of get some more people in the door or just support the music community. Um, so co-working spaces, breweries, coffee shops. We do shows at Ollie Quinn and Maker Labs, which are really cool alternative spaces too. And for artists, Anyone that has kind of a new release, we book all genres. So like they're just stripped back shows. So we've even had hip hop artists do like an acoustic show and they just bring like a keyboard and some backup singers and get really involved with the audience, having them snap along and things like that. Um, But folk, singer, songwriter, world music, any, any genre really, and they can apply. I try to give people something different every time. 
So any kind of music I love to hear. Um, sorry, I'm a little bit confused. I just don't know this. Um, so with the venues and the artists, are they getting like paid for the show or is it kind of just like a community idea of like people volunteering like their time and just performing and or the spaces mm-hmm. the artists get paid a flat fee per show um but the hosts they offer their space is kind of like a collaborative thing so we have the host speak at the event and be there to answer questions and share what they do with everybody there um and hosts will host on a one-time basis or like every couple months if they like having the event in their space so it's really about like us doing all the work and bringing the people there and then them hosting us and just sharing a bit of what they do with our audience. Oh, it's just such a cool business and like such a cool model. And yeah, I don't know. It's like one of those things that definitely, it's like how, because it's not like, it's not super new. Like it hasn't been around for very long. It's still newish. And yeah, it's been in Vancouver for five years. Um, We're definitely doing a lot more now. So it's probably more noticeable for people, but it's been around for 10 years across the world and, I think especially in a city like Vancouver where there's not that many venues anymore and it can be really hard for people that are emerging to get people to come to their shows, to be able to play a show that's not in a venue, get paid, and have like up to 100 people seeing you perform where they would have never maybe discovered you before and then having those authentic fans, it's something I think that's really important in this city and um, it kind of fills that gap if you like don't want to book your own show because you'll go out of pocket and don't really know how many people will be there but also for people to discover things that they would never see or that they like really really learn to love um so I think it's a nice in between of like not being too hard on the artists to like promote the shows because the lineup secret um and they get to have a really cool authentic connection with the audience and that's really hard to find in venues around the town I find yeah, for sure. Um, would you mind talking a little bit more about the fact that the lineup is secret and like how people like even like get to like attend these shows, like how people find out about them essentially or yeah, yeah. buy tickets? We don't do a ton of promotion. So it's really just once you sign up on the website, um, sofarsounds.com, you'll be emailed every month when we announce new dates. So I just put up the August dates. So there's shows two or three times a week right now in August and then in September. So you just apply to which date and which neighborhood um, you like. It'll usually just say like Kitsilano or Mount Pleasant or whatever area of Vancouver and you apply for the date and then you'll get invited. And so you don't know where you're going or who's going to play um, until you arrive. So it's just kind of an, a new experience. It's really exciting. Um, you get the address one day before. So you get to know where you're going at least a little bit, but it doesn't always say what what space it's going to be so it's a nice surprise oh that's so cool what have been some of the most memorable so far shows that you've attended in the past we've had some really cool ones it's hard because i love everyone for different reasons um last february we had milky chance play a show which was a big thing for us in vancouver so they had two sold out shows at the commodore and then a member of the team was able to get in touch with their management and they played a 20 minute secret show at this penthouse in English Bay. So it was right at sunset. They went right to the Commodore after to play their set, but nobody knew they were playing. And when we announced that they were coming on stage, I heard so many gasps and it was really special to be able to create that experience for people. Someone came up to me after and said that they couldn't get tickets to the show. Oh my God. And they were so sad. And then they showed up at a sofa and they were playing. (laughs) Oh, that's so Um, special that you were able to do that. Yeah, because they were both sold out and I guess she tried really hard to get tickets and they were just, she couldn't find any. So that was really rewarding. Um, another one, we, we did a collaboration with Ponderosa Festival the last couple of years. 
Um, and so we did a pop-up show on the festival site last summer. It was just like in the woods across the street at 11 a.m. in the morning. So we just had three artists from the lineup do completely acoustic sets when there was nothing else going on. So we handed out these flyers and we're just like, secret show, um, parking lot, like head to the parking lot, walk into the woods, you'll find us at 11 a.m. And there was like 75 people there. Um, so we had Little Destroyer, Tarek, and uh, Elk the Moose from Kelowna play like 20 minutes at 11 a.m. Completely like acoustic in the woods. So that was really fun project for us. We brought a bunch of like frames and like living room lamps and tables and kind of like tried to make a pop-up living room. Oh, um, cute. So it was really fun. Oh, that's so nice. It's such like a special thing because it really does um like you were saying with like the milky chance example like it really does like flatten the industry a lot and really like democratizes like accessibility to music which is really cool i think because yeah shows like that like you might be paying like so much money just to try to get a ticket in the first place let alone if you're even able to buy one because it's sold out mm-hmm. so and our tickets are 15 dollars right now for every show so it's pretty accessible for people to be able to buy a ticket and then have that experience um so it's a lot of fun and especially, I think, too, with discovering new artists, because I find there are periods when I'll be really into music and I'm like super into like researching and figuring out like what's interesting and what's happening. But it is a time commitment. And so it's kind of cool to be able to just go and be like, here's something different. Yeah, every single time. Yeah. Yeah, we don't have people come back and play sets too often either. So every time you come to a show, you're pretty much guaranteed to discover something new. So it's kind of nice to take that work out of it for people and just have like a music discovery night so far for sure so i didn't realize first of all when we were sp- before we actually met in person i didn't realize that you were so young before i started like researching for this episode but we graduated in 2013 um so yeah i had no idea but you're so young and it sounds like you've done a lot so far in your career and you're obviously like just getting started so <laughs> shameless plug yeah <laughs> good one um but what i mean the milky chance show that's amazing um but what are have been some like real highlights for you in your career so far and kind of what are you hoping to maybe like accomplish next yeah I think I've been really busy the last few years like working full-time at music bc and running so far on the side was a lot but it I loved it so much that it didn't really feel like work anymore um I think working at music bc was very rewarding because I got to like administer the money for people to tour um we were funded like in bc we had seven and a half million dollars from the amplify fund um the last two years so i personally got to hand out five hundred thousand dollars to people to tour because of that program so that was really rewarding and to just see the results of like people signing record deals people getting agencies in new markets um just growing their fan bases in areas where they couldn't tour before that was really really rewarding i got to meet so many people from working there so the last three years working at Music BC was like the biggest reward, I think. In the next few years, I just really want to focus on giving artists as much opportunity as they can because so far as global, like touring is really accessible. So I want to work really hard to get Vancouver artists like touring down the Pacific Northwest into other so far cities. So there's like Seattle and Portland and Sacramento and San Francisco and LA and they can easily tour down there in like what's like a 10 10 hour drive to LA or something um so I just want to kind of open that door up and like have it be more accessible for people and not so expensive like you have a guaranteed audience you have 
you don't have to do any of the promo like uh just give people opportunities to access new audience and play shows in other cities and really just liven up the music scene in vancouver and get more people seeing live music we've sold out all of our dates like within a few days of posting them so it's nice to know that people really want to see live music and that we can give them that experience where it's just kind of reimagined it's not your typical venue but that you get to see live music anywhere and it's not hard to find yeah that's amazing what are some of the ways that either students or people that maybe have just finished university or you know what like whatever any age um what are some ways that people can get involved in supporting their kind of local music communities in their own city i think going to shows and just connecting with people is something that people kind of often overlook it's so easy to just kind of follow people online but going up to somebody at a show and just asking them about their story or how they got involved in the music industry is um, really nice for the artists and people that are at the show too I think connecting with people um, is often overlooked but there's so many things going on all the time you just kind of got to keep an eye like do 604 and do 250 are great for just promoing what local events are going on so just keep an eye on that out to 10 so far shows um, we often encourage audience participation and just getting to know your neighbors and meeting new people and new friends and yeah just talk to people go to shows um, support it the way you can I think being there is a big thing like if you don't have the money to buy merch just going is a big thing but if you can buy merch buy merch and go to their shows and promote it share it with your friends um, get a big group together and go to a local show and support the artists that you love we didn't talk about this before but are you pursuing a career as like a musician at all on the side or pursuing that that side at all right I now? do it just for fun um, I sing in a choir still. It's called Grace Note. So we've done really fun performances. We've sang, we did a live video and did a couple shows with Ashley Ball from Hey Ocean recently. Um, so that was really fun. We performed at the Women Deliver Conference, which is like here in Vancouver this year. It's all over the world usually, but that was a big stage at the Jackpool Plaza in Vancouver. So it's really just, a, I like to make music for fun and I don't really like the pressure of doing it as a career, so it's really just a fun thing for me. Like, I still have a piano at my house that I play on pretty frequently, but just singing in a choir, that's really all I'm doing these days. I sing backup occasionally for friends if they're wanting somebody in town, but that's it right now. Um, and I guess lastly, where can people find you, Britt, and so far? Um, you can find me, I guess Instagram's easiest. Um, it's just Britt, B-R-I-T-T underscore Aiton, A-Y-T-O-N. Um, and then So Far Vancouver on Facebook or Instagram. Um, and then So Far website, sofarsounds.com slash Vancouver. Cool. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having Somewhere me. Somewhere between here and Montreal, I lost my grip, I lost sight of it all. I slowed myself from a sprint to a crawl. Thank you so much for listening and thanks again, Britt, for coming onto the podcast. I've linked to the show notes in the description, so make sure you check those out for photos, links, and other media on the topics that we discussed during the episode, including some videos for some of the SoFar shows from our past off-key guests. Once again, if you're enjoying off-key, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. They really do help. And if you have any topics that you'd like me to bring up with one of our next guests, please either email me at offkey at membrand.net or you can send me a message at either Membran Labs or Linsa Arnold on Instagram. Offkey and Fault Tolerant, our sibling podcast on tech and blockchain, are both produced by Membran Entertainment Canada, aka Membran Labs, 
a music services company that provides distribution services for the export of Canadian music. We're also exploring blockchain technology to create a more transparent and secure ecosystem for music rights owners to get paid. If you're interested in recording your own podcast at Membrane Labs, you can either email us or find out more information on our website, www.membranelabs.com. That's it for now. I will see you next Monday and play you out with Off the Rails by Sam Lynch. Thanks. Doctor says, take those pills, you'll be all right. I know that you will. Nothing wrong with darling the edges of a too sharp mind, you'll be just fine. So I choke him down and I lose my head. The sweet decline does off its stay. I turn my back, but I heard what they said. They say, sweet, sweet girl, go back. Maybe I'm off the rails Maybe I'm off the rails Somewhere between here and Montreal I lost my grip, I lost sight of it all I slowed myself from a sprint to a crawl And now my back is pinned against the wall he talked me down told me i was good loved me still like i knew that he would and in the shadows where i once stood i see light and lights and weathered wood maybe i'm off the rails maybe i'm off the Nothing wrong with darling the edges of a too sharp mind, you'll be just fine.